My nightmare began with me in a car, my aunt driving us along the San Francisco freeway. Even though I now know she wasn't really my aunt, during my dream I was sure that she was. I never once talked to her during the entire drive, and I started to look around to keep myself busy. It was then when I noticed through the reflection of the rearview mirror that a little girl was sitting next to me in the back middle seat. But when I turned to look at her, she wasn't there. Thinking I was seeing stuff, I looked back at the mirror to find she was still there. She looked like an elementary schooler, except her left eye was missing. It was just a layer of skin covering the burrowed socket. She proceeded to tell me that a man had killed her using a golf club, stabbing her in the eye just once while no one was around at a golf course. From there, I would skip to several other kids, all with the same gouged eye, telling me of their murders, but I honestly can't remember them all. The last one involved my older brother and I in an office, staring at a TV, him being calm about the situation and never saying a word. The screen projecting the desk that was to our left, and a boy around the same age as the first girl. He picked up a sharpened wooden pencil that was glued from the eraser to a small wooden block. He looked at me and said that the man who owned the office had stabbed him with that pencil in the eye 52 times. After that, I woke up. I remember a room of cement walls and a huge table, and there appeared a man in a suit with a weird-shaped fat head with small eyes. He was holding an old-fashioned leather suitcase and placed it on the table. Then I realized that there were two other guys with suits, similar to the other guy with the suitcase. He then took out a kitchen knife neatly wrapped in cloth while the others watched. Out of nowhere, weird blue fruit formed in the middle of the table, and the man grabbed it and cut it in half, but at an angle for seven seeds to appear. The fruit then rot to form a seven-pointed star symbol thing in the center of the fruit, while I noticed a man watching with a blank stare raised his hand at a 90-degree angle with a small lighter flamed to be lit at the tip of its middle finger. I then realized that the three creatures were facing each other around the table, and they leaned over with their entire body, faces inches away from the table, and began throwing up black paint, but no sound came out of them. No hurling or any sound normal people make when they puke. As they were throwing up the paint onto the table, they levitated to turn to form a circle on the table. Everything went dark and all I could see was the perfect circle, and then seven arms came out from the outside and joined arms to make the seven-pointed star, and then a loud noise ringing to the point to shatter eardrums. And that is where it ended and I woke up. My nightmare starts off in a house fit to be in any suburb you see in the movies. However, there was something off about this town. I woke up in a dream knowing that this town had a haunting in each house. I went to the kitchen that was beautifully adorned with only the best marble and tile, and standing in a neat little row in the middle of the kitchen were five children whom all called me mother. I don't have kids and don't particularly want any, but these five kids tugged at a heartstring in me and I immediately found love. The eldest was a 16-year-old boy, then a 12-year-old boy, a 9-year-old girl, a 7-year-old boy, and finally the youngest at five. I don't remember their names, but I remember being so very much in love with these kids that I would fight anything that threatened their existence. But oh, how that resilience was tested. I lost the eldest in the first house. As a family, we walked around the house admiring a little piece of artistry here and there. But as we got to the children's room, we all heard a tiny squeaky giggle. We turned to look at the youngest, but she was equally as confused. We turned to look in front of us, and standing in the middle of the hallway was a doll no taller than a foot with brunette pigtails, blue porcelain eyes, and in a pink Victorian dress. She giggled again, but before we could react, she attacked the eldest. We tried to pull her off, but we were all thrown back. She dragged him by his legs down the hall. The last I saw of him alive was him screaming, Mother, 
Mother, please help. I don't want to die. He dug his nails into the floorboards, and tears were streaming down his terrified face. The doll took him into the playroom. We were finally allowed up, and I ran to the playroom to find my son on the floor, covered in blood, and the doll gorging itself on my son's innards. I screamed bloody murder and ran out of the house with my other children. What happens from there is what I could only assume was a time skip of each move into a new home and quick images of my 12-year-old being slaughtered by a vampire as I was forced to stare into the life drained from his beautiful green eyes. Next was the 9-year-old girl being crushed by a rock golem. It punched her pretty face into the concrete until all that was left was a pulpy form of daughter and earth. Time seemed to slow down to a normal speed as we came upon the next house. I blinked my eyes and me and my two last children were in a cottage close to the forest. I brought my children closer and hugged them tight. I screamed for these things, whatever they were, to just stop. My baby started crying then. I tried to calm them and tell them everything would be alright, but even I could not believe my own words. I was bound to lose both. I told myself, no, no more, I can't lose them. I need to get out of this cursed city. That's what I need to do. First thing first though, I need to escape the house with both my children. I picked up my five-year-old and held the hand of my seven-year-old. I blinked again and a bloody ghost was in my face, just staring. Then he looked at my son. I screamed no and pulled my son behind me. The ghost disappeared and the sounds of my deceased children screaming mommy replaced it. We started running and we got as far as the front door when the voices spoke softer and called to me. Mommy, we're here. Please come back. I yelled back no. They're dead, you can't be alive. I watched them die. They started screaming again. Mother, help! Mother, we're dying! Mommy! Mommy! I opened the door and ran out with my crying children, but my left hand jerked back in. It was my last son. He was crying and begging, Mommy, we have to help them. My daughter then squirmed out of my arms and begged as well. I held tightly their little hands as they pleaded to go back in. I lost grip of my son's hand and we ran back in. I tried to run back in, but it was like my feet were glued to the floor. I couldn't move no matter how hard I tried. Then the screaming voices silenced all at once. Then a single, Mommy, rang off every wall. I brought my daughter closer to avert her eyes from the blood that splattered the hallway walls. I could move again, so I ran outside, placed my last remaining daughter in a nearby car, got in, and drove. I couldn't do this. I couldn't move into another home. I couldn't lose her. I looked back at my daughter who was slowly falling asleep with her thumb in her mouth, blue eyes slowly closing. I couldn't watch them be hurt, so I woke up. I gained consciousness levitating in a world that looked like hell would be described as. I looked ahead of me to find myself fighting a demon. It had the horns, legs, and hooves of a goat, but the face, arms, and torso of a man. Its skin was red, matching the fiery, burning world surrounding us. I stopped to look around me, seeing and hearing my small family below cheering me on. As I turned back, I wondered if I had the power to take this thing down. It levitated in front of me, fueled with its hellish rage, preparing to fight. As it stayed motionless, I gave the first strike to its gut. Upon this first strike, the demon yelled. It was still motionless, yet fueling with more of its hellish rage. Once I had realized where I was at, and what it was that I was doing, I began to fill with emotions of confusion and fear. I then realized that I was fighting the demon itself. The demon yelled again, but this time it had motion. My change in a fearful emotion was a mistake. Now, fueled by my fear, it had power. My consciousness had begun to dwindle away into a void of darkness.
Once upon a time, when I was around eight years old, I was with my parents driving in our old Honda. We were headed to my grandparents' place. Their property was decently big enough to have a coral in which they kept goats and chickens. And because of that, instead of cement, there was dirt and rocks, so I hated it. When we got there, I didn't want to get down, so my parents went ahead of me, and they told me they would come back soon. I waited and waited, but they didn't return. I thought about getting down, but I noticed some of the goats got out, and since they were my size at the time, I was pretty scared of them. I waited some more, and before I realized it, the car was surrounded by goats. Now I was really scared. My parents were gone, and there was no way out. The goats started making a ruckus and shaking the car as if trying to get me out. I started to panic, and I climbed out the window onto the roof of the car so I could yell for help. I called out for my parents over and over, but there was no reply. I was completely surrounded by a sea of goats, and I didn't know what to do. That's when I saw it. On the frame of the old swing set, just hanging there, lifeless with the skin of my parents. Just like the end scene of Jeepers Creepers. They were killed by the goats and skin, just like many goats before, and now they were after me. I thought I was in my room because it was dark, but I tried to move and then realized I was in a box. I punched and kicked, but nothing happened. I screamed and cried, but pulled my phone out to use the flashlight and saw a bloody handprint next to me. I started freaking out because there was a big, fat, disgusting-looking rat running up my body. I pushed the rat off me and kicked it. Busted, many spiders came out of the now-dead rat's body. The small spiders that were crawling were now all over my body. The spiders were biting me, so I screamed more and started to hyperventilate. I kicked some more and pushed my way out, feeling hurt. I crawled out when I was free and turned to my right. I saw my name on the tombstone and the same bloody handprint. Then I woke up and was really scared. I sat at my desk staring at a body in my bed. It had been tossing and turning throughout the night, but I didn't have the guts to wake them or even find out who it was to see if they were comfortable. They seemed relatively snug, the blankets wrapped around them tightly and pillows surrounding their upper body, blocking my view of their face. I assumed that I knew this person. Why else would they be on my bed? I sat there, silent afraid to make any noise that could disturb this person and wake them. Staring at my phone from time to time, it seemed like time would never move. Distracted by my phone, I didn't notice that the person was facing me now. I brought my attention to their face. It was me. I had been staring at myself sleep all this time. Unable to process what was happening, I just continued to stare at this doppelganger. I, trying to understand what could possibly be happening. That's when things got weirder. A third eye began to lazily open on the forehead of my twin, and it took several minutes to completely open. However, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. This eye became frantic. Scared eye movements ensued. It couldn't focus on anything to look at, moving back and forth as if it was trying to find something. Following its gaze, I tried to find something it could be looking for. Maybe I could help it? I felt something in the pit of my stomach. I was anxious to know what would happen when it found what it was looking for, so I stopped looking at the eye and looked back at my twin's face. She was sound asleep. She looked peaceful and rested. This was uncomfortable, staring at myself sleeping in the dark. I hesitantly looked back at the eye and it had finally found its focus. It was staring directly at me. It didn't blink and it didn't break eye contact. I wanted to wake myself and hope that would make the eye disappear, but whenever I tried to move I'd feel this paralyzing pain, as if the eye was keeping me from moving somehow. But it wouldn't stop me from moving. The pain grew and grew, so much so that I began to cry. Go away, I managed to mumble. Leave me alone, my twin interjected in a groggy voice. The eye widened. I had angered it. My bones felt like they were shattering, and as I gave my last cry, I woke up in my bed, exactly as my doppelganger was positioned. 
So it's not very long, but not too short either, but it is reoccurring. So my nightmare always starts at my current age, and then all of a sudden I'm out of my body staring as I age more and more quickly until I breathe my last breath. Then I'm pushed back in as I fall down to this dark abyss into what I assume is nothing. But as I get deeper in again, I'm shot out of my body to watch as it burns. Then I wake up breathing heavily. <laughs>